They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combined for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in episode 72 of Training Gross. Yeah. Berry, Mike Gross, Sean Crespin. Thanks for joining us. Lots to get to. Yeah. Lots and lots to get to. We're a couple of days removed from the Phoenix Suns being eliminated from the Western Conference playoffs. But before we get to that, as we do for the podcast, episode 72, we send a shout out to Dan Deerdorf. Wow. Number 72, 71 to 83 for the St. Louis Cardinals. And here's a cool thing. Dan Deerdorf was born in Canton, Ohio. Wow. Dan Deerdorf was enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1996 wow. in his hometown of Canton, Ohio. How cool is that? That is very cool because chances are he was probably already enshrined somehow from high school during his time there because most times if you're a great player in the NFL, you probably had success along the way in high school, college, and so on and so forth. So it was probably his second time being honored in his hometown which is really, really cool. Dan Deerdorf played college football at the University of Michigan mm. and just retired as their longtime uh, color commentator on their radio broadcast. Wow. And for me, part of what Monday Night Football sounded like as a kid and still in my head does, Frank and Al and Dan. To me, that, mm. when I was growing up, that was the booth. And mm-hmm. so that was, that was, those were my Monday nights. So that's what, that's what Monday Night Football sounds like to me. Have you ever met Dan Deerdorf? I have not. Around the facility? Yes, I have. Were, were you playing the night they put him in the Ring of Honor at the stadium? I it was a remember. night game. It, it, it had to have been, if it was night game, if, if I was playing, I was in the locker room. So. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know, like, for context. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I'm going to uh, look it up what year it was. Just, I remember. Was it in State Farm Stadium? It was definitely at State Farm Stadium. Well, I, I was definitely playing. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll get the year, though. For sure. A good podcast host would have written that down before we started recording. <laughs> that's all right. That's, that's the difference. Podcasts, you just work it out on the air. <laughs> it's just, just, like, just work it out. We'll figure it out. We'll come to Now, uh, you and I were talking before we started recording because we had a little extra time tonight. Number 72 <laughs> also that was on the list and not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Ed Tuttle-Jones. What? Ed Tuttle-Jones Famous is not cowboy. in the yeah. Pro Football Hall of Fame. Ed Tuttle-Jones is an icon in, in Texas. As far as his time with the Dallas Cowboys, of course, everybody remembers him as the guy that was forcing Joe Montana to make the throw that was later termed the catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and for, for him, he obviously won a Super Bowl, won a championship with the Dallas Cowboys and uh, was part of a lot of great moments in Dallas Cowboy history. But uh, there are some things that, that, that keep him from being in the Hall of Fame, Mike. And we talked about that before the show. Yeah. You brought up a few things that – uh, we knew it, it, as far as the inner circle of, of NFL players and stuff, like things that you can't do that will automatically keep you out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. One of them. Quit. Quit the game. Quit the game. Took two years off. Walked away. And to this day, if you ask him, he will say, I made the right decision. That was the best decision for me. Hey, I mean, you have to, you have to steer your career yeah. however you want it to go. And, and everybody's journey is not going to look the same. Mine certainly doesn't look like most. And, yeah. Ed Two Talls doesn't look like most, but uh, yeah. he's got the cool nickname and he's got the 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 <laughs> the, the career to, to stand on, even though uh, he had that one blemish on it. Yeah, and he uh, he he played in that era where it kind of broached 
where professional football really wasn't on the, the, the minds of a lot of people. And he broached and, and came in the late, uh, late 80s when mm-hmm. the Cowboys uh, were yeah. America's team, where they yeah. earned that. That's right. All right, real quickly before we jump into the Suns, uh, Bob Lanier. NBA mm. great, uh, mm. the Detroit Pistons and other teams. But for me, always the Detroit Piston. Yep. Uh, passed away this, uh, this past week. Yep. Number 16. Uh, and a couple of memories for me. I was never really old enough to watch and appreciate Bob Lanier playing for the Detroit Pistons when mm-hmm. I was growing up. I was aware of him. Yep. Played with Dave Bing back yep. in the day. Some yep. really, really good teams. Some iconic names in Detroit basketball history. But never got to watch and appreciate him. Right. So, you know, when, when a man passes away, you get to review these things, see what people said about him. But in life, hmm. there's three things that I remember about Bob Lanier. There was a sporting goods store where I used to shop as a kid. And in the store, hanging from the, right behind the cash register, was one of his Shoes. Nikes. Biggest, one of the biggest feet ever. Ever. 22, I believe 22 or 23. Yeah. And it was hanging back there. And as a kid growing up, everybody knew Bob Lanier because of that shoe. Yep. That's number one. Number two, fast forward, he lived here. As we went to a few tournaments with his daughter. I was just going to say, that wasn't, that's number yes. three. Number two, uh, I was at an IHOP one day. Oh, wow. And Mr. Lanier was at the same IHOP I was. <laughs> he was getting some pancakes. <laughs> I was getting some pancakes. He was getting some pancakes. Everybody's getting pancakes. I grabbed my plate and I slid over. I said, mind if I join you? Not. <laughs> but to see your, you know, this guy that you, you revere. Yeah. Larger yeah. than life, too. Big fella. Big fella. Yeah. Eating his breakfast. I left him alone, but just gave him a... Friendly, friendly guy. Very friendly guy. And then to your point, your daughter played club volleyball. My daughter played club volleyball. That's right. His daughter... Huge. Uh, ...was a hell of a player. Was it at Xavier? When she, she played had... for Xavier College yep. Prep and then went to USC, and now she's playing professional volleyball in Italy. And if you get a chance, if you're interested, there's a video that she did for USA Volleyball talking about the impact her father had on her. That's awesome. She didn't play basketball because she wanted to chart her own path. Yep. But she learned lessons from her father. She talked she to her father. Of course she did. She wore number 16 because of her father. I mean, how, how dope is that? And uh, she, it, was really, it was really touching to watch her uh, do that. It was uh, recorded last year during the pandemic because she did it by way of Zoom. Named an ambassador of the NBA. Mike, you know how important of a title that is to be an ambassador of the game yeah. that you love so much. You know how much respect you have to have and, and how much you are thought of in a, in, a, in a good way to be the quote-unquote un- ambassador of the NBA. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that in, is, in itself tells you the type of man that yeah. Bob Lanier was, and, and uh, he had a very full life. And, and getting to meet him at that tournament, Mike, just a super friendly guy and, and nothing but respect for him, and um, my condolences to him and his family. And you saw when you met him, because that was late, late in his life, mm-hmm. uh, when you saw him at those tournaments, yep. he would stay out in the car – until it was ready to play because yep. he was he his legs were literally yeah. like playing in the nba in the 70s yeah flying commercial yeah playing in these old nasty uh, arenas that they played yeah. in not having the physical trainers no. and, and things like that you could tell he was he was an old man it took a toll before on his time that's right and he'd walk in sometimes he'd have a cane yep but always there for his daughter and always in a great disposition always never saw him in a bad mood ever yeah ever and uh r.i.p so, to the legend Bob absolutely Lillian. All right, we, got, we put it off long enough. The yeah. Phoenix Suns, they were mm. <laughs> mm. unceremoniously dumped mm. Sunday afternoon in their own building Sunday. by the Dallas Mavericks. And I told you this beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, we do a podcast, or if you do a radio show, you try to have that hot take. Like, what, right. what's your hot take? How are you going to break this down? I'm like, man, you know, you're driving around and listen to the guy. And you, 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 
it would have been a hell of a week to do sports talk radio in this town. Yeah. But for me, we were talking about it with guys at work. I said, this reminds me when you're growing up and you know this family on your block. Yep. And you're like, damn, they got everything. Mm. They won 64 games this year. They yep. got all these fancy kids are going to Harvard. and doing, Best record by a mile in the NBA. You know, the kids are going to be doctors and yeah. lawyers. And the, you yeah. know, got, you know. Coach uh, of the year. Yeah, defensive player of the year, runner-up. And, and then you find out behind the scenes. Like, mm. failed out of Harvard. Got pregnant mm. before she graduated. Yeah. High, whatever it is. Yeah, big letdown. Like, there, this, this is, it was a facade almost yeah. all year. Fool's gold. You saw glimpses. talked about. That's right. You saw glimpses of it. In the Pelican series, but hey, injuries. Yeah. D Book had the hamstring. Okay, and they won. can explain it, and they ultimately won. They won. So you worried about did did Monty Williams get out coached by Willie Green? Maybe he did, but hey, we still won. D Book came back; he was healthy. A lot of familiarity though between Absolutely. Willie Green and and Monty and, Williams. Yeah, and, and that Chris goes Ball. a lot into that. Yes, it is. Uh, and then you jump up 2-0 on the Mavericks, and and you know we talk about this in these series when you go up 2-0. The other team's got to win four out of five. And, and like, got to come back and do it on your home t- on floor. And I think when we talked about it, both Miami and Phoenix were up 2-0 in their respective series. I said, here we go. Yeah. Here we go, both of them. Now, Miami ultimately prevailed. And we'll get to the Eastern Conference later on in the podcast. But, man, I don't know how you, I don't know how you describe this, how you, how you explain it away, whatever it is. It was, it was an embarrassment if you're one yes. of the Phoenix Suns, the yep. fans, the disappointment. Yep of the fans walking out of the arena. Yep. The, if you're at a game seven in the Western Conference playoffs and people are heading for the exit when the horn goes off at the end of the third quarter. Mike, there were guys, there were people leaving at halftime. Man. That game was over at halftime. They had 27 points at half, Mike. Luka Doncic had 27 by himself at Ken, half. Kenny Smith, I, and I love the guys on TNT. Kenny Smith said, oh, they're great. Suns need to get it down to 10, 12 points by the end of the third quarter to have a chance. I'm like, okay, all right, he knows what he's mm. talking about. No, it up the end. It went up. It went up. It went, it went the opposite way. Mike, at one point they were down 46. 46. 46 points. 46. In a game seven on your home floor. Now, I, I understand that sometimes you have bad matchups, and I understand that sometimes you just don't have your A game. But to be in a game seven – with everything that was on the line for the Phoenix Suns and everything that they accomplished, all the goodwill they had created here right. in the Valley. Everybody had been talking about the Suns, obviously coming off of a finals appearance last year, people thinking they're going to run it back to the finals, and, and they seem to be on the fast track to do that. And then they figured out, wait a minute, the Dallas Mavericks are a pretty damn good team. Yeah, they are. And that best player that they got on their team, he's one of the best players in all the NBA. A guy that's only 23 years old, Mike. And a guy that they could have had in the draft a few years ago when they took, oh, by the way, one DeAndre Aiden. Who doesn't get a nickname anymore. Who does not deserve a nickname. We were, we After were, that performance, he is DeAndre Aiden. He is not DA anymore. Because we were talking before we started recording, and I'm like, DA this, DA that. And he's like, no. who are you talking about? Uh, okay, fine. He doesn't, he doesn't deserve a uh, nickname anymore. Did he, does he deserve a roster spot on the Phoenix Suns anymore? Sure, but not at, not at a max deal. Not at a, 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 one of the highest paid players on the team. Because you're a restricted Absolutely free not. agent this year, meaning the Suns can make a preliminary <laughs> offer, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, he has the ability to go out and test the free agent market. He might find a, an offer sheet. He might not. If he does, the Suns have the first right to match that offer sheet if they want to. I'm going to put it to you like this. In my opinion, my humble opinion, I think DeAndre Ayton in a week's time or a week and a half time, However long this is a seven-game series. I think it's, what, two weeks, ten days, maybe, oh, yeah. give or take. I think DeAndre Aiden cost himself $80 million, at least. 
because one, he wasn't going to get a max deal anyway because right. that's reserved for your top two players. Mm-hmm. Really, your top player. The, the super max, you're going to give that. To that's probably, coming. That's coming to, to you know, uh, Devin Booker, and he deserves it. But then you start talking about the max. Chris Paul's already got, got that. got two of those. You got two of those already. So now are you going to give a third one to a guy that got clearly worked in this, this series? And a guy that in that game seven, Mike, looked as small as – as an ant. I mean, like, he, you are the biggest guy on the floor, and you came up so small. So, and let's come back to what's going to happen in the offseason, because there's several things that we got to get to. But when you look at that, what you're talking about in that game, when Monty Williams pulled him out of the game, yep. and then he goes to the bench, and Monty Williams still is saying something to him, and he snaps back at Monty Williams after the way he played. Right. And everybody who, you know, whether or not you want to sit, and we can talk about Monty Williams, and I thought he was very, very humble and very, very open, taking full responsibility, which I, it wasn't full responsibility. There can be shared responsibility. Sure. It wasn't full responsibility. Yep. But nowhere out there have you ever heard, like, the, you know, this is a, a, a guy that players don't like to play for or whatever. Like, the complete again, opposite. This kind of goes to opposite. what I was talking about with the cool family. Like, he's the cool dad. Like, everybody likes this guy. Yep. You know, and I, I, Sean and I were talking about Michael Malone. Remember last year when he's ripping his players from the podium? Yep. I need to go find me some players that are going to play and yep. got some heart. And yep. Blah, blah, blah. And, yep. yep. You know, that's the complete opposite of Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. And so for De- DeAndre Ayton to publicly on mm-hmm. national TV do mm-hmm. that to his head coach. Emotions got the best of him, Mike. But and it wasn't it That wasn't factors a great into that $80 million. It's it, got to. It absolutely factors into that $80 million. And I think if you want to go even further, I think he may have cost himself $100 million Because – if you look at DeAndre Ayton and, and what he's done since he's been the number one overall draft pick of the Phoenix Suns, has he been that guy that has said, you can say, they got to the finals because of DeAndre Ayton? No. no. Can you say that they got to the best record in the West or in all of the NBA because of the play of DeAndre Ayton? No. He is not the guy. He is not the, the cog that makes this engine go from a player standpoint. He's not even the fourth most important player on this team right now as it stands, Mike. So if he's not the fourth best player, how are you going to give him second or third best salary on this team? And a guy that's a former number one overall pick, yeah, his, his slot may demand it, but I don't see the Phoenix Suns coughing up that kind of money to retain the services of DeAndre, DeAndre and, and it's not something that, that is getting better. Like you see glimpses, you see flashes. Uh, you look he at, is what he is right now. Mike. He is what he is. But even you go back a couple of years, remember, a couple of years ago, remember when they, uh, when they were doing the COVID schedule and they would play two games in the same city to cut travel? Yeah. And they finished up the regular season in San Antonio back-to-back games, and they didn't play DA in either yeah. one of those games. Yeah. And it was almost the same kind of answer that you got from Monty on the podium the other day. It's an internal thing. We're just working through some things with DA. Like, you know, maybe trying to get his attention before the postseason started a couple of years ago. And now you fast forward to how it ended where Monty Williams is essentially saying the same things. It's an internal thing. We'll work through it. Yeah. Like at some point, you can't. You, you're not going to change. Whatever he is, he is. And we, we talk about this, and I don't know if it's as prevalent in the NBA as it is in definitely the NFL mm-hmm. when you talk about he's, whose guy he is. Sure. James Jones didn't draft him. No, he did not. So to your point, does mm-hmm. that make it easier to make that decision not to give him that contract Absolutely. because he's not your guy. Absolutely. I say, I didn't draft him. That's right. I'm cleaning up some. Uh, that's clean right. up the last guy. Cleaning mess. up the mess. That's right. And here's the thing, Mike. You can, you can hide a guy during the regular season. Yeah. You can hide his performance and, and his impact on the game. But when you get to the playoffs, you get put on front and center. You get put on blast. And 
it didn't help that Luka Doncic was the guy that was number three in the same draft as a DeAndre Ayton. And oh, by the way, the Phoenix Suns had DeAndre, or had Luka Doncic's coach at the time. Who wanted to draft who him. Who wanted to draft him. And now just think about this. If you had Luka Doncic, you had Devin Booker, and you had a Chris Paul to actually lead these guys and be able to set them up to put them in their sweet spot so they can get the ball whenever they want it and just catch and shoot and not have to dribble or do anything else. Mike, I think about that team. That team probably is going to run run it back like two times, maybe three times, because yeah. who is going to slow them down from a from a defensive standpoint? Yeah, you can maybe stop one, but you're not stopping all three of Let them. Let me ask you this. You guys know basketball. Do you end up with Chris Paul? Had you, had you drafted Luka Doncic, you probably keep – Igor Kokoshkov longer than one year, meaning you don't get Monty Williams. Maybe. It depends on the relationship with Igor with those and Luka. Two. If, you, if you have those two, you're not going out and getting Chris Paul. You're, Chris Paul's not here if you've got Luka and, and, uh, and Devin Booker, two extremely ball-dominant players who are going to be bringing the ball up as soon as it touches half court. Luka's going to have the ball in his hands. If I'm Chris Paul, I want to play with him. And then the question is, how do Luka... Because of that, how ball dominant they are, how does Luca and Devin coexist? And do we see the extreme jump for Devin Booker over the last two years if Luca's here? I almost think, obviously, the Suns didn't draft the, the, the better player, not even remotely close. We're talking about DeAndre Ayton not being on this roster going forward. But are the Suns in this position had they drafted Luka Doncic, or are they the Mavericks? Right now. You know what I mean? Had the, would the Suns have made a finals run? Is, 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 is Chris Paul actually here? Is Monty Williams even the head coach? It's hard to even say had they – you know what I mean? It would have been okay. a completely so, different – different. is James Jones even your GM? Okay. You know what I mean? So, like it's, so, it, everything could be different. Everything could be different, but I think if you had a Luka Doncic, I think the Suns are even more attractive because now you got that centerpiece – between him and Devin Booker, these are two young guns that you can build around for years to come. And I disagree with you respectfully because I think if you're Chris Paul, you look at this situation and like, man, I got two guys that, that can take some of the pressure off of me. I don't have to be that floor general all the time. I don't have to play uh, 48 minutes or 40 minutes as it is. I can go off. I can be the guy that leads the second team. I can let them do all the heavy work, and I can come in and be that guy that keeps everything going and facilitate to everybody. I can still be that experienced guy, and I can let these guys do what they do, and I can ride along for a championship run. Nothing different than what his yeah. best friend, LeBron James, has done. Now, clearly, he's been the best player, right? but LeBron James has not won a single thing without having help with him. Oh, he's course. had a couple of, of all-star course. players to go alongside of him. And the other thing you still would have gotten, again, if, 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 right, right. and I grant your point, yeah. is the, the thing that you have heard so much about Chris Paul the last couple of years is obviously the on-court stuff, but what he's meant to Devin Booker and why he, you know, or what he tried to do with D.A., like, excuse me, DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. Get in his <laughs> ear and help, help toughen him up or help Correct. mold him into the type of professional basketball player that you wanted him to be, which he wasn't yep. before Chris Paul got here. And who's to say he couldn't have had the same impact on Luka if that whole scenario... Because, yeah. I know there's a lot of what-ifs and yes. all that, but yes. it's, it's a fascinating thing to think about. Mm -hmm. but, but here's the thing, though. When we talk about DeAndre Ayton, at no point in his time here in Phoenix have you said the Suns are successful because of him. 
This is the number one overall pick in the draft, and you can't point to any time in his four years, whatever it's been, yeah. since he's been drafted, that you can say, man, the Suns were so lucky to get DeAndre Ayton. He's the reason that we got through this point. You go back to the finals. What did Giannis Antetokounmpo do? He took out. full advantage of DeAndre Ayton to the point where they were talking about because they didn't have Frank Kaminsky, the guy that was his backup, he wasn't in there to kind of take the load off of DeAndre Ayton because Giannis was giving him so much work. Yeah. You've looked at him and said, yeah, he's, he's the blame, but you've never looked at him and said, he's the reason we're better. And to me, if you're a number one pick and you've had four years to figure this out, that's the equivalent of four years of college, by the way. So you should have matured at some point. Some element of your game should have, have, have expanded by now. And we haven't seen any aspect of his game take that next step. We haven't seen his, uh, his back down game get any better. We haven't seen his, his turnaround, his hook from, from that sweet spot on the elbow. We haven't seen that get better. We haven't even seen him from a defensive standpoint really get that much better. Every time we look at DeAndre Ayton, it's always, okay, man, when is this guy going to figure it out? Win, 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 win. And I'm like, at some point, you've got to make a tough decision if you're James Jones. One is I'm not giving him the max. Like, that, that's done. Like, to me, that was done before the playoffs began. And then once you've seen him be in that pressure cooker of the playoffs where now you're front and center and all, all eyes are on you, you've seen him come up smaller and smaller by the year. And I was hoping that we saw, and I think every Suns fan was, that you saw him turning somewhat of a corner in the postseason last year. I mean, he had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twenty, and ten games in the postseason just last year. Yeah, but eight, but, twenty, and ten. And he had the one game, he had uh, 22 boards and 19 points in another game. You, it felt at moments like he was maybe turning that corner. People were giving Chris Paul a lot of credit for that. Sure. But it just never rolled into the season. But, but here's the thing, here's the thing that, that you always remember. You always remember that last performance. And, and two years in a row, we remember DeAndre Ayton's last performance getting worked yeah, over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting worked like a part-time job by the other guy's best player. Luka Doncic, who took great pleasure. Who, we talked about it, Mike. Nice. Smiled the entire time he was giving him the business in Game 7. And reminding him that, oh, yeah, they took you instead of me. You could have had all this, but now I'm going to give you that work and remind you again when I see you again that, yeah, you messed up, bro. What you messed you, up. When you, and I think it was Jalen Rose who was talking about this, but – when you see a professional athlete who was clearly in a zone, who was clearly feeling it, and then he gets that smile on his face. He had the smile from the jump, Mike. What's that like? I know you had to have gone up against somebody in a professional setting, as a professional player, where you know they're getting the better of you, unfortunately, and they are making damn sure you know it. Well, uh, how do you even how do you keep your mind right in that moment? Well, you know, you have to you have to be professional and and and, and not swing on somebody. <laughs> Because your, 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 your first thing is to just, you know, you just had enough. You just want to go oops upside the head. Yeah. Uh, I will say Willie Rofe. And I've said this story many yeah. times. Willie Rofe in 1998 was a guy that uh, he was already established as a pretty damn good left tackle okay. for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Saints weren't that good. They weren't the ain'ts, but right. they, they weren't much better than right. that. You know, guys weren't wearing the paper bags over their head anymore, but they still weren't really that team. Willie Rofe used to wear glasses underneath his helmet. And when I saw him in the warm-ups with those specs on, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. A guy with specs on is going <laughs> to try to block me? Oh, no. It's on and popping up in here. When do, I, when do I line up? And this man proceeded 
to give me all the business. <laughs> I'm talking about from play one to whatever play was at the end of the game. I had to go shake his hand. I was like, you know what? I owe you an apology. Was he letting you know it, though, throughout the game? I mean, he, he, he in his own way. Okay. Because he was finishing me on all of those runs. And, and you know, if I got caught out, out, you know, off balance, he was letting me know that, you know, he was just going to put that little extra weight on me. Like, you know, those, those linemen, they like, to, they like to lay on you. You sure. know what I mean? When, when, they, when they get you down. Mike, I'm telling you, it's, it's brutal on that line, brother. <laughs> they, they like to lay on you. They like, they like you to feel they weight. They, they like you to feel <laughs> the weight, you know. And it just it, – when you hear that <clears> – <throat> It just takes a little bit more out of you, you know what I mean? So every time he did that, he would just take a little bit more out of me. And so by the time we got to the end of the game, I just had to go shake his hand. It's like, yeah, man, you kicked my ass. You got me. Because that picture that went viral of Luca kind of looking up to his left at Devin Booker, who's looking forward. But even in the picture, you can tell. He knows. His conscience, oh, his conscious eye knows. is seeing that smile right he now. Knows. Of course he does. Oh, yeah. Just a whole, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But just to not swing on the man like you just talked about. But, but let me also say this, too. There was also the flip side of that, where I knew I was working somebody okay. over, like a part-time job. You yep. know what I'm saying? There was two situations <laughs> like that. One was an old teammate with the New York Jet, uh, Giants, uh, former college teammate, Luke Pettigo. Okay. Luke, it's my man. He's a year behind me, and, and you know, he was a left tackle. And, and uh, you know, one of my, my career game against the Giants, you know, I had four of them. And, um, <laughs> you know, you know four-piece, uh-huh. you know, four-piece yeah. special, you know, with Absolutely. biscuits. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't do it to my guy because that's my guy. You know, at the, sure. at, at the end of the day, that's my brother. But there was another guy from your team. Oakland Raiders. Was he having to be a high first round pick? Uh, named Robert Gallup. Oh, God. Yep, that's what I was afraid yeah, of. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, proceeded to give him a three piece with no fries. Oh, now. is that right now? Yeah, three uh-huh. piece with no fries. And you let, him, you know you let him know it? I had to let him know because, you know, he was one of those, he thought he was nasty. He thought he was one of those. Yeah, that high, type of, high pick. Yep. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he wanted to get after you, try to finish you after the play, you know what I mean? And so, you know, after the, after the first one, you know, I just kind of stared him down, you know, just kind of let him know, like, hey, I got you. <laughs> More of that came I got from. you. I hit him with the Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so second one, you know, gave him a little something, got the fumble, got the, you know, turnover. Gave him a little smack on the ass. You know what I mean? Hey, how you doing? How's everything going out there? You feeling all right gave there, buddy? Good, gave him the old good game right yeah, there? Yeah. Then the third one, I was just like, hey, you know, it is what it is, bro. You know, what, what, what you going to do? Did he you know? shake your hand after the game? <laughs> no, he did not shake my hand after the game because they did win. And uh, Yeah, Randy Moss on that one. Shane Walter. Andrew Walter. Andrew Walter. I'm sorry. Andrew former Walter. Sun Devil. Former, for, former mm-hmm. Sun Devil. That's right. Uh, uh, you know, we, we laughed about that because I actually got to interview him. Uh, I remember I that on, on the a, show. On the show. Yep. And, uh, you know, I just said, hey, no hard feelings, brother. It was just business. It was just business. You know, <laughs> nothing personal. I didn't know him at the time, but, uh, you know, hey, it was what it was. But, yeah, I mean, you play this game long enough or any professional sport long enough, you're either going to be the hammer or the nail at there some point. Go. Yeah. It, it just happens. All right, real quickly, we wrap up the Suns for now. I have a feeling this is going to be something we keep coming back to as this offseason progresses. But there are four things, and, and this is coming from Bobby Marks on Twitter. Bobby Marks, ESPN. Sure. Mm-hmm. Spent time in the front offices. Sure. This offseason in Phoenix is going to get awfully expensive. Number one, DeAndre Ayton. And he didn't put DA either. He put DeAndre Ayton. That's right. Supermax extension for Devin Booker. Mm, oh, yes. Yes. The rookie extension for Cam Johnson. Ooh. And yep. for the first time since the 2009-2010 season, Robert Sarver's got to open up the checkbook. Luxury tax? Luxury tax. He's not so, going to love that. Um, and how he feels about paying the luxury tax going out in the second round, 
may color his decision as it relates to these other things that are out there. Yep. And whatever else we know, whether we're talking about football and you share this with us all the time, NBA, it's a business. It's business And when somebody's got a checkbook out, that, 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 I contend that if you're, because these decisions were coming regardless. Yeah. But if you just had your parade. Yep. Everybody's got the trophy. You got a little headache because you're hungover. Exactly. You had eight more home games. Yeah. Made Which a little more huge. money. Yeah. Yeah. Made more money. Is huge. Merchandise yeah. sale. Yeah. It's a lot easier to swallow some of this stuff Absolutely. Than, it, than it is right now. Well, I mean, also, you got to remember, too, they did get to the finals last year. So it isn't as if they didn't have recent success with this group. And I think there are a lot of movable parts, if you will. But I think there are also some guys that they're going to have to bring back and be the glue guys and, and make sure that this team, if they're going to try to run this back and give it another crack um they're, they're gonna have some hard decisions real quick before we move on on a level of one to ten your concern level of chris paul fading out in the postseason just looking like he gets worn out the guy it doesn't had, get better the guy had 18 field goals and 18 turnovers since in those his birthday la- in since those, his birthday yeah. since he turned, since he turned 37. 37 yep those five games where you guys said hey mavs got to win four out of five in those five games 18 field goals 18 turnovers and looked awful at times. Looked 37. So one, but on a, where are you at? One to ten. I mean, are you, I mean, how concerned are you? How imperative is it that they go out and find somebody that you can count on a little bit more in those moments at the point guard position when all of a sudden he doesn't look like the point guard? Okay, so when you when you when you have a Chris Paul, a guy that is a future Hall of Famer, a guy that has made four different organizations better just by him his presence. You have to give him that present. Mm-hmm. You have to give him that credit. And you have to you know, start with that. But then you look at the practical side. That's what he did. Going forward, this is a 37-year-old point guard that's too small, that can't be your best player, that's making a hell of a lot of money, hell of a lot of money. that's taking a lot of your salary cap, that, hey, if we could get a great haul for him, I may think about moving Chris Paul. That sounds sacrilegious. That sounds blasphemous. But business first, it makes a lot of sense. Yes, you can get through the regular season, and and yeah, you can have the best record by eight games all you want. But it doesn't matter until you get to April. And April has shown, April on has shown that Chris Paul isn't necessarily the most reliable player April on. He's the first player in, in NBA history have blown six five five two five. Yeah, that's right oh, five two. two oh leads in the playoffs he's also the only player that's done four <laughs> so you know who you, you know? know who else is three? Oh, i know it's number two that's blake griffin his teammate mm. and you I know who was their coach don't <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> and sorry. the other thing guys talking about him being 37 years old right mm. it's gonna be 38 next year that's my point. You're, you're, Come you're, to postseason. Yeah, that's how it works, Gross. Then one you, more. You, you know. you, It'll be 38. It's not, like he's, <laughs> it's not like he's Benjamin Button. He's not aging backwards. You know what I mean? So at some point, you have to make a real tough decision. Is Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton enough to get through? We almost Shannon, said it. No, I was not. No, I wasn't. I, I did that on purpose. I, 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 you know, I, uh-huh. I, I painfully spread that out because I wanted to make sure that there is no nickname for that gentleman anymore. It's DeAndre Ayton. Is that enough? Can you bring in another guy that could come in and, and, and possibly be that spark plug? Because there's rumors 
uh, about a guy out there in Portland that, that may be interested in coming and playing with these guys. I mean, is he an upgrade from a Chris Paul? I think so. I think he is. And so, you know, there's a lot of decisions that are going to have to be made between now and next October. We'll uh, keep following it. This is a topic that's going to keep on giving. Yeah, it ain't going nowhere. This is, uh, you know, I'm still at a loss for words for the description, right? You know, just sitting there watching this game defies description. All right, on the other side, there's still NBA basketball being played. That's right. We'll talk about that next on Train and Gross. Yeah. Train and Gross. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Train and Gross. Keep it simple. It's so easy. So at Train and Gross. So easy, K-Maker do it. <laughs> I forgot about those commercials. <laughs> Man. Just saying. They've been rolling them back lately. You notice know that? Yeah. Geico. They've been yeah. grabbing some of the out of the, out of the bin. Light beer, back. Light beer brought back some of their football commercials. Mike, 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 Mike. Guess what day it is? Hump day. <laughs> yeah. Mike, 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 Mike. I hated that commercial. <laughs> and speaking of punching people in the throat, did we speak about that? I used to work with somebody. We didn't, but okay. I used yeah. to work with somebody who did that in, oh, in the office. Gosh. When I come walking in, he on Wednesdays, he's like, Mike, 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 what day is it? I'm like, time to punch you in the throat, my man. Come on over here. <laughs> he, was a li- he was a little dude. Like, yeah. Nobody would have known. It would have been like, what do you mean? It would have been like, got to hit him real quick. Yeah. <laughs> this little dude stuff. Yeah. I got to hit you with a. Hold up. Way. What's that all about? That's, 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 that's when they don't have any sound. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd have to do that, man. They can't even scream because it, it, it's all the <laughs> Yeah, I did. <laughs> all right. How's the sound now? Sun's out. Yeah. Bucks out. Bucks out. It was a great series, by the way. That was a really good series. Celtics Bucks was one of those classics until Miami. the end. Until the end, kind of like the Suns and and, yeah. the, and the Mavericks. Yeah, Every, it was except good it wasn't in seven. Milwaukee. Yeah, well, Boston yeah. got to do it on their home court. And I hate yeah. Boston fans. Uh, hate them. Yeah, I hate Boston all sports fans. But Boston and Miami in the East, and Golden State and Dallas. And uh, I was telling you, I was driving in, and the flagship station here in town mm. for your Phoenix Suns. Have drive time sports. Mm-hmm. Love listening to those guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're signing off the show today. And they're mm. saying, all right, jo- coming up next, joined in progress right here on the station. We're going to take you to the Dallas Golden State game. And if I'm a Suns fan, I'm like, why? Right. Do I need to listen Salt to this? Salt in the wound. For, put it on another station. Put By it the on way, your- 54-45 right now, Golden State. They're going to they're gonna run away from it. They're gonna, I guarantee you this is done in five games. Where's Dallas at right now? Dallas has got to be. They're playing like, with house money. They're playing with. They house, are, and especially in game one. House money. They just played the, Sunday. Yep. Because Golden State was sitting around waiting for them, mm. and uh, like you said, house money. Yeah. I Nobody think expected that, them to get in. Yeah. I, look, hey, are you going to bet against them if they go down 0-2? Uh, no. Yes, no. in this series, Golden State's a better team than the Suns. And, and had the Suns beaten Dallas, I'd be sitting here telling you the same thing right now. Well, but we didn't know that going into the playoffs. We found that out during the course of the playoffs. Yeah, it was like that last week of the regular season when all of a sudden, oh, Golden State's playing with this, this different lineup here. Look at, look at this. Remember yes. that? But also I'm saying, too, the Suns were found out during the playoffs. Yes, very much so. The New Orleans Pelicans kind of, you know, started that trend and then Dallas finished them off, obviously. And, and so – when, when the playoffs started, it seemed like a collision course for Golden State and Phoenix, but the Mavericks had other plans. When you look at this, and, and again, we've talked about this, Miami mm. is a team that, I don't want to say under the radar, because when you're at the top of the conference all year. Their culture is the star. It's just The culture is different. the star. Yeah, yeah it's different. It's, and, it's Pat Riley and, and the culture. 
And I remember 100 years ago when Eric Spolster was named the head coach of this team, and it's like, he's a placeholder. What's this I, guy yes, doing? Yes, I remember saying he's just a glorified babysitter because all he had to do was manage the egos. Remember, it was LeBron, and it was all D-Wade, D-Wade and it was like, hey, just yeah. don't screw it up, yeah. dude. And yeah. all of a sudden, he's this tremendous NBA coach. 6-0 and in conference finals. Yeah. How about that? Yep. I, I just I look at this, and, and Miami seems to be, even though they were on top of the East all year, they feel like they're, they're peaking. At the and right then time. Boston's banged up. Yeah. Ba- well, Boston they're banged up too. Yeah. I, it feels like Boston's more banged up, though. Like in terms of the key players. They had two guys, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, when you don't have the reigning defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart and. and, yeah. and uh, I almost said Keith Smart. Wow. How old is that? <laughs> wow. Indiana Hoosiers <laughs> from the 1980s. I mean, look, it, it, at this point, there are no excuses. You're in the conference finals, your teams have gotten there. Nobody's going to care about who's been banged up a little bit. You've got to go out there and play because now oh, yeah. there, are no, there are no, well, we're going to give you sympathy points because this guy is out and, and uh, this player is out for whatever reason, COVID protocol and the other one for a foot. I mean, look, whoever is suited up, they've got to go out there and, and give that team some help and do what they got to do. But Miami, Mike, and Sean, they just seem like that type of team where it's more team than it is individual. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you, you could talk about Jimmy Butler and, and, and what he's done. He is a star in the league, and he plays his best when it matters most. Because people forget two years ago in the bubble, mm-hmm. it was the Miami Heat playing the Los That's Angeles it, yeah. Lakers for the NBA title. And, and Jimmy Butler was playing out of his mind. And there were a lot of guys on that team that didn't get off the bench and now these guys are major players and major guys that are, are, are contributing in, in a lot of different ways. So I just think with this, with this culture that Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra have developed down there in South Beach, people, they, they seem to bring the right guys in. And that guy, P.J. Tucker, who we had trouble with the other day, he has been one of those big yeah. acquisitions. I think just by taking him off of Milwaukee, it lessened Milwaukee and it strengthened Miami. I was going to say, if, if they ultimately win it. P.J. Tucker's got to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, over in the West, you look at this as Suns fans. As P, you know, we watch the Suns all year long. You got to get over it. You, you got to get, get, get over it. That's true. But you look at this. Who do you like less? Or who do you hate more? Who do you di- like, because you look at this. You, you hate the team that just beat you in game seven. Man, but there's a lot of angst and animosity at the Golden State Warriors, too. But why? Because you yeah, keep losing to them? Yeah, that, that I don't get. Yeah. I mean, they got the most likable. They got the most likable team. Other than Draymond Green, they got the most likable team in all the NBA. And I think Draymond Green is growing on NBA fans around the country, too. Draymond Green has always been a guy that I respect because I love the way he plays. Like, he understands his role. He plays it to the hilt, and he has to play with an edge. The guy is 6'5". You can't be 6'5 and undersized and just be a, a oh gosh kind of guy. No, you've got to play with a lot of attitude and a lot of angst, and you've got to play with your head, and that's one thing that Draymond Green does really, really well. He overcomes his size by his basketball acumen and his ability to go out there and compete and get every ounce of athleticism out of his body. And be a little bit of thorn in the side of of course the, the, the class. Every he, team needs one. You know where he would have fit in well? My distance back in the day. Detroit. He's cut from that cloth. Detroit. He would have he he been, like in 2004, he would have been like John Sally or Dennis Rodman. Yeah. No, I can see that. All right, we don't do predictions, but, I, no. you know, it feels, I mean, if I had to, you know, if you take, take and, and do something we don't do, it feels like, for me, I'm, I'm looking at Miami and Golden State. And Golden State. Yep. Yep. I think with, 
with the Celtics, if they had all of their guns, I may have a different th- th- thought about it. But yeah. because they've got two of their starters out, and those are key contributors, and now you're looking at Marcus Smart, a guy that is really the heartbeat of the yeah. Boston Celtics. Yeah, you got Jalen Brown. Yeah, you know you got Jason Tatum, and they're the stars. But the heartbeat of that team is Marcus Smart. Absolutely. And I think for Al Horford, he's a guy that has really turned back the, the, the clock and got the fountain of youth. Old man Al Horford. Yeah, you know what I mean? 33, 34 years old. Because you, you remember, like, he was part of the championship teams in Florida back in the day, yeah. in 2006 and 2007. So, you know, a guy that has been able to be around and, and reinvent himself into a, a, a really important player on that squad – to not have both of those guys going up against a team in Miami who just throws numbers at you. Yep. They've got so many guys that they throw out there on the, f- on the court. It just seems like they're going to just wear them down just by sheer numbers and, and by the, the bodies that they can throw at Boston. I think they're going to just wear them out over time. So related to this, but not specifically related to this, mm-hmm. but you, know, you talk about Mark Schlereth who gave you your start in the media. Mm-hmm. You hosted his radio show in Denver. Forever grateful to stay. And, of course, you and I had a show together. That's right, we did. Then you got your show on the big station Uh, here in town. There you go. Did Fox Sports Arizona work, all that. Sure. So professional athletes transitioning to media is not news. It's not a, you know, but Pat Beverly. Mm. That was foul. On ESPN. It was foul. It's personal. He made it personal. He He made it personal because some of his other takes, like you listen to this guy. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad, but his take on Chris Paul. He took shots. It was, it was personal. Well, remember, he took how, remember how the Clippers series ended? Do you remember when he walked off the floor in the Clippers series and the double hand shoved to the back Push. of Chris Paul? Yeah. yeah. Threw him to the ground. I mean, I mean there's clearly history. there's something there. He kept all the receipts. But yeah. to me, at, at some point, though, when you're in public, you don't embarrass the brethren. You let, their, you let that. Once you're off the court, off the field. Yes. You, you've got you've to you've grill it up and eat it. That, right. Whatever beef you got, you grill it up and eat it, and, and you, you, you do the right thing. I like that. So for him to go out and take those shots, I thought it was really unfair. Yeah, and it, 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 it was – like if I'm, if I'm thinking about – obviously he's still playing, but if I'm – and he's still playing, meaning he's not in the postseason uh, too. So this is – Yeah, he's watching This like is just a fill-in. This mm-hmm. is a fill-in. Sure. So I have real thoughts about that if I'm like looking – for permanency like you know because you gotta you gotta have try to have fair and bad like obviously people have opinions and that sort of sure. thing but that went way over the line and we talked about this you know matt barnes i thought nailed it yep you know what he say all he was missing was the red nose mm. you know such a clown take or whatever yep. he said yeah um and he i called just, him a role player he's like who are you to talk about chris paul like chris Paul's a, yeah you, you, you know chris paul is a hall of famer and you're a role player like stay in your lane yeah like he really i i, I thought matt barnes Spoke for a lot of guys around the league. Yeah, currently playing in the playoffs and and just teams that are not in the in the game in the playoffs right now. Well, so. and you hear about that, and I know we we kind of look at like the baseball unwritten rules and all this, and but you know in terms of crossing that line where you know Matt. But that's Barnes, around sports, though. No, no, but it's true. But I'm saying the same thing though, where Matt Barnes understands that, which yeah. is what you were saying before, because Matt Barnes, Pat Beverly, you know. Same kind of player. Same kind of player. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, Role and guys that understood, they, they, they had to help their stars. And Matt Barnes is looking for something like, you know, I was telling you beforehand, he's coaching AAU basketball in sure. Los Angeles. So, sure. hey, you want to work on TV? He's like, yeah, let's yeah, do this, right? Why not? So, uh, but even in that role, mm-hmm. to, 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 to rein in Pat Beverly yeah. and say, look, 
you cross that line. But only guys that play and got the respect can do it, Mike. Now, when you talk about guys that, that are at the back of the bench, you know, number 15 on the bench, yeah. I don't want to hear from them either. Right. But Matt Barnes, a guy that is a champion, he won one with the, the Golden State Warriors in 2017. Yes, he did. So he's got that box checked. Uh, he's a veteran that has a lot of respect around the league. Uh, not perfect. He's made his mistakes uh, during the course of his time. But I, I think when it comes from one of your fellow alum, yeah. it means something. It hits different. Absolutely. Did you ever pay attention to what was said about you? Depending on who it was. Like, if, so a former player's in the booth. Yep. And you're not, you know, you catch, because I'm sure you don't, you, you didn't watch the games afterwards, did you? No. The t- so you find out somebody, did, did, a, did a former player. Trent Dilfer. All right. He got me fined. One of my last games, second to last game of my career against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. That 51 to 45 fiasco that we played out there at State Farm Stadium. <laughs> I got fined because he kept talking up the hit on the play before the, the turnover, the, the money Mike or Mike Adams, yeah. uh, you know, sack strip fumble and Carlos Dansby catches it and runs to the end zone. Mm-hmm. The play before, I had a shot that was not called a foul on the field. He kept talking about that damn play, and I wind up getting that dreaded FedEx package. Mike, I played that playoff game for free because Trent Dilfer would not shut up about that play. And they reviewed it, reviewed it, and reviewed it, and, and then all of a sudden the league office is like, you know what, Trent, I think you might be right. We're going to go ahead and fine, Mr. Barry. And I got a, a fine, and uh, you know, I ain't forgot that. You ever talked to Trent Dilfer? No, I haven't talked to him. I don't need to talk to him because if I talk to him, it's going to be some furniture moving. It's going to be a real misunderstanding. <laughs> he, he knows about that. Though. I want my money. Yeah. I ain't playing. I want my money. I'm, I'm still pissed about that. And thank you for clarifying the money, Mike. Yeah. Because that. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, you. We, we know who the real money Mike that's is. That's my, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> thank you, Big Al. Shout out to Mike Adams. That's my guy, too. You know, they're both my guy. He's a Absolutely. Texas guy, too. So, you know. All right. On the other side, there's still a little NFL stuff going on. And Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones Man. cannot help himself. We'll talk, we'll talk about that next on Training Gross. Yep. Train and Gross. Did you know you can see us on YouTube, too? Sure can. And you can subscribe. Mm-hmm. That way you're notified when new podcasts come out. That's right. Do it at, uh, well, you got to go to all, all AZ Sports, all on, AZ Sports YouTube. on YouTube. And then yes. we are. But you just search for Train and Gross and there it yeah. is. We're part of the family. Booyaka, mm-hmm. booyaka. Uh, NFL, the schedule gets announced. Really? I mean... TV ratings abound. <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on. Let's pause there because I love that reaction. I know. As a player, did you care? No. Really? You know, you're not looking at road trips in, in January? You're not no. looking for where the bye week is? You're not looking no. for any of that? You didn't care? You can see that at any point. What, what difference does it make that it came out in May or, is, you know, or looking at it during the preseason? Because... If you're a guy that's anywhere from 35 to, to 80 on the roster, your spot's not guaranteed. You, it may not be your schedule anyway. So but, what do you care? But guys like you coming off a of Pro Bowl, you're yeah. not sitting in the locker room with the other guys going, all right, well, we're, we're going to be here. No, because ah, you don't know what the there. team No, you no. don't care. I mean, all you know is the only thing that you really are concerned about is how many primetime games we got. Mm-hmm. Do we have a Monday night? Do we got a Sunday Bye week isn't even a conversation? Bye week is always, you know, well, it, it was only a conversation if it was really early or if it was really late. Right. The what do you thing, prefer? I prefer right in the middle. I mean, obviously, but if you're stuck with the early or late, 
I'd but ra- earlier, I'd rather, I'd rather have the later okay. because I want to see where we are. I agree. When I get that rest, and then we can make that that big push. Right. But if it's later, that's a long stretch from camp. Well, these days it's a little bit different. But <laughs> old school <laughs> camp was something to uh, be dreaded. Yeah. And you, you, you survived camp. So from camp, those four weeks of camp to about week seven, eight, that's that's a long time to grind each and every day with pads and all that kind of good stuff. So mm-hmm. I, it's a different game now. I, I don't think guys worry about when their bye week is because at this point, everybody's fresh anyway because nobody's hit anybody. You haven't done anything in the preseason. You only got three of them now. And when you play these games, you're only getting about a quarter's worth of time anyway if you're a starter or a guy that is looked at as a, as a main contributor. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Meeting with the NFL officials. Well, he's doing that. But before he uh, finds out the outcome of that, he's taking his offensive teammates. He's going to Cancun or something. To the Bahamas. Bahamas. There you go. Bahamas. Great move. Chartered a jet. Say, get your passports. But he did get a field, and they are doing daily workouts together. In the Bahamas. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) that that reminds me of the Pro Bowl. Like you going out there, you may be doing about forty-five minutes. Yeah. Of all that kind of stuff, like blah, blah, blah. But then, hey, what time, is, what time are we hitting the bar? So <laughs> you obviously play defense, but if you're an offensive tackle and you get the text from Deshaun saying, hey, we're going to the Bahamas, you, you on board with that? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Now, the only, the only thing that you're going to have to worry about now is when you get home and you got to deal with the missus because she's not going to be happy that you went to the Bahamas without her. Business trip. Business trip my ass. It's the Bahamas. <laughs> And you start talking about, you know, some of the things that you can do at the Bahamas now. And, and it, Mike, it's always this. It always starts like this. You know, I find it funny how. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Soon as you hear that, time to run. Time to go. It's time I, to go. I find it funny how. Yeah. Or, or it's fine. Yeah, just go. Did I'm you o- have a good time? Fine. I'm okay. Fine. Have, yeah, I'm okay. What's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. Baker Mayfield making the trip? Wow. Mm. He invited the offensive teammates. Sure did. That's yeah. a good call. Yeah. Baker, Baker's not going. He I don't de- think he he's... respectfully declined. Yeah. Oh, I'm busy that day. I, he, we're going to get into that in. in uh, Should I let it go? Pump the brakes a little bit. He's he's part of pump the brakes. Put it that way. Baker's like, ah, oh, I got I got a I got a project at the stadium I'm working on. <laughs> I think, but I did, but wow, yeah. I got I got a commercial to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're wrapping up the whole progressive saga. All right, and as we wrap this up, uh, and this may take a while, you mentioned uh, Deshaun Watson. He's got his meeting with the NFL this week in Houston. Hmm. Uh, Jerry Jones uh, giving an interview to Peter King, and he's talking about all the, you know, all the bad, bad stuff going on in the NFL, of which the Cowboys are right in the middle of it. That's right. You know, they paid out the cheerleading coach, I think. Oh. The voyeurism, like one of the VPs are, mm. you know, standing in the locker room watching the cheerleaders change. Mm. Um, you know, other, you know, sexual harassment issues in the front office. There you go. We haven't even talked a while about Daniel Snyder and the fact oh. he got put out of the office. Yes. And now the New York Times is doing an expose on the Oakland Raiders saying they didn't even pay their damn electric bill. Wow. Like everybody's talking about the Arizona Coyotes can't pay their bill. The, the, the Raiders are on the front page of the New York Times. Is bad news good for the NFL? No, like, it's not. I, I, I disagree with Jerry. Jerry's like, hey, just as long as it's news, we'll take it. But he got that from the former Raiders owner, Al Davis. All, all, all publicity is good publicity. And I, I, I tend to disagree now because now you, you're in, a, in an age where there is coverage 24-7. Everybody has access to everything. And when you start to hear so much bad stuff about one team in particular – 
in one organization, it, it's like, okay, th- these guys seem like they're bad guys. Like, trouble seems to find them all the yeah. time. And I don't think that that's ever going to be good for an organization. So I, I think if you are talking about deflated balls, that's one thing. But yeah. then when you start talking about real assault and, and, and real yeah. harm to women and things of that nature, that's a totally different animal. So I, I think when you start looking at, at those situations, it comes off a little different than it would trying to, com- trying to get a competitive advantage. Yeah. People look at the, the Washington Commanders differently than they look at the New England Patriots. Like one team is, okay, they're, they're trying to circumvent the rules. Yeah. They're trying to win. The other team is a bunch of sleazeballs. Yeah, and the other thing that I find with that comment by Jerry Jones is it's extremely hypocritical because you know we, we hear this all the time from owners, and I'm sure we could find a time when Jerry Jones said it when one of his players got in trouble, if I, want, if I can use the air quotes if you're watching on YouTube. Mike, let's not forget about the White House back in the day. That's, well, that was infamous all of with that, the Dallas but, Cowboys. But, but that's my point. It's yeah. like when you talk about protect the shield. Yeah. You heard it as a player. Yeah. Don't do anything to embarrass the league. Yeah. Then they go and move to Vegas, but that's a whole other story. Well, yeah. But then you got to, and I think the poster child right now for that is Daniel Snyder. Oh. And, and you know, the joke of a punishment. Yeah. Oh, we're going to take him out and, oh, his wife can be the, the, the figurehead. But, Mike, you got to think about who's the one exhibiting all or executing all the punishment. His, his former or his, his current compadres. Yeah. The other 31 owners, they're the ones that are making decisions on their boy. Yeah. It's like, are you going to really go hard on your guy that, that helps you make all this money? No, you're not going to go hard on him. You're going to find every way that you can to slap him on the wrist and keep him moving. Well, on the flip side, unless it's so egregious, a la the L.A. Clippers, mm. you know, you don't know necessarily, like, what's going on in your building? Like, if, if a story came out about fill in the blank, your favorite team in the NFL, yep. and some of the similar stories, it's not inconceivable that you could have that type of thing happen in it's a workplace it's you know you got so many people that work in the front office of an nfl team it's an office yep it's no different than an insurance office or whatever yep so you got all these people in there you got bad actors in there absolutely and do how do you police it how do you keep it in control mike the inconvenient truth about that is there's a lot of teams that haven't come out to say anything because they're probably dealing with it internally themselves yeah and that's the part that people really don't want to talk about when all of these type of issues come out the other owners don't come out out of out of respect they come out out of they they don't say anything out of fear because they don't want their business to be put out there on the street they look at 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 daniel snyder and they're like man sucks to be you but i'm like you glad it ain't me and my program because you could actually go back to the carolina panthers back in the day when uh when richardson was the was the owner uh of the of the carolina panthers and and all those things came out you you think daniel snyder was was going to be quick to to, to come out and, and say something bad at that time? No, because he knew there was stuff going on in his own organization. So those guys all understand that, yeah, it's probably a good idea to keep my mouth shut when somebody is going through because that could very easily be us and what we have to deal with. And, and the other thing um, that, that's interesting, and if you read this Raider story, um, you know, it's like the horror movie, the calls coming from inside the building. Mm. You know, and what happened was apparently there was an employee fired by the Raiders. Mm. And he's like, disgruntled employees. Oh, check this out, my man. He's yeah. got he's got the cutoff notice from wherever they were paying the electric bill. Yeah, because like, yeah, he won't pay the electric bill. Yeah, he goes, what are they gonna do? Shut the power off on the Raiders? Yeah, they you ain't got to do that. You, you need to turn the look, power you, off. You don't you don't want it. Look, when, when you ha- when you have certain people in certain positions, it's not a good idea to piss them off because they've got information that it could be very damning if it ever got out and. 
when people have an axe to grind, that could get very ugly. Yeah. Well, apparently this guy made a, made a report mm-hmm. to the NFL. Yep. Probably got ignored. And said, hey, uh, Mark Davis isn't a good owner. And, and there was a lot underneath that. Davis found out, said, you're gone. Gone. And it's like, okay. Well, those are two different stories. So there's the one from the post, right? And then there's the, uh, the president that just left who apparently had been told from some female employees that Mark Dave, that they had some issues with Mark Davis. He didn't get into great detail of what it was, unflattering things about Mark Davis. He brought it to Mark Davis. Mark Davis apparently did not respond um, in a fashion that, 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 Favorable. that he wanted, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so he went to the NFL at that point. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, and but and at that point, point, he said, okay, well then, listen, this is not and to, you know, going to work. To using your term, kept the receipts, literally. Absolutely. Yes. Kept the receipts. Kept all the receipts. Yeah. And can we just talk about Mark Davis and his haircut, though? Like, oh, talk man. about things that are not favorable. Like, mm-hmm. that haircut, like, at some point, enough is enough. So he's been asked about it a handful of times in interviews, and he just said he wanted something where he didn't have to worry about it after getting out of the shower. There you go. I mean, we're going with alfalfa <laughs> look. The alfalfa goes. look is, is oh, been straight, out, it's been played out for yeah, a lot of Yeah, straight Dumb and Dumber from the movie Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. It's Lloyd Christmas. But yeah. I, and I guess yeah. you, you look at it, too. It's like you got the Raiders. I don't like it a lot. <laughs> you got the Raiders. Mm. Iconic. Like, yeah. you know, this is. One of the originals. Right? Yeah. NFL films. Like, yeah. You know, you grow up yeah. knowing who the hell the Raiders yeah. are. You got the Cowboys. Yeah. Lambeau Field. America's team. Yeah, all that. And then Daniel Snyder, like, you, you own a team in mm. the nation's capital. Mm. We're not talking about, like, oh, the outpost of Jacksonville. No. Yeah, we got problems with Jacksonville again. Yeah. Jacksonville problem. Or Seattle, the great Northwest. Like, you know, what are those guys doing out there? Hey, guess there? what? The Lions, you ain't one shit anyways, and you stiff the electric company in Detroit. <laughs> yeah. People don't care about the Lions or the Jaguars. That's right. This is the Raiders. Yeah. This is the Cowboys. And the Commanders. The Redskins. Did you see that? Commanders. 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 Get it right. Man, you went back two names. Yeah. Uh, I like the Washington football team, P.S. I did, too. It grew on me. It did. I was fine with it. I was okay with it, too. After the schedule release came out. Uh-huh. I saw a stat that I, hadn't, I didn't even realize. This is the 11th consecutive year where the Jacksonville Jaguars do not end up on Monday Night Football. They don't deserve to be on Monday Night Football. 11 consecutive years? Who wants to watch Jacksonville Jaguars Not me, but that's crazy. Prime time. I'm from Detroit, and the Detroit fans were beefing about no primetime games. What? Yeah. Why do you get, why, what, you get yeah. Thanksgiving game? That's prime time. That's prime time. You're the only team playing in that slot. That's right. There's a prime time game. Every year. Every year. And it's been that way for what? At least 50? Well, the Lions going to beef about none of that. Yeah. And, and the Jaguars, it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you guys see hmm. these, you know, these teams are releasing this, the videos, like their schedule release videos? Everybody's trying to outdo each other. Everybody's trying to outdo. Did you see the Chargers? No. Yeah, they did the anime the thing. anime? Yeah. We'll show it to you during the break. You can quit. <laughs> and we'll tweet it out. Because the Chargers took no prisoners. Wow. They, they play the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And the, the Jaguar scene. The animated portion for when they put the Jags and the date in which they're going to play the Jags was an animation of uh, Urban Meyer in the bar <laughs> chilling against the bar with the chick in front of him. Wow. Yeah. The, the, they play the Cardinals this year. Wow. And it was a picture of uh, Kyler Murray deleting his social media. Wow. Like they took <laughs> no – They, they got to no, do something. I mean, they're sharing the stadium with the team that is the actual best well, team in the league. And I'm sure their PR people were like, hey, people need to know who the Chargers are. Oh, and they were getting yeah. ripped by Raider players. 
when the schedule came out because the Raiders are going to L.A. to play the Chargers week one, and then they play the Cardinals week two at home. So Raider players were tweeting, oh, it looks like we got back-to-back home openers. And, yeah, it's uh, it's getting chippy. It's going to be a fun year in See, the AFC West. Schedule release. It's going to be fun in the AFC West. I mean, look, you got to – okay. And that's not wrong. Have you ever seen a Raider game in L.A.? Schedule releases are fun. Come on. It is not fun. It is a waste of time. <laughs> Let us see who the hell. We know who we're going to play You already, already know the opponents. You just don't know where. Yeah, win. but yeah. when, I mean, okay, now the thing that you do look at when you start thinking about the schedule is where are my cold weather games? What time of year? Back-to-back road games? If I got it, back-to-back road games. But more importantly, do I got to go play out in the, in the elements? Do I have a team? Do I have to go play the Browns? Buffalo, do I have to go play Buffalo? New England. Do I have to play New England, Green Bay? Any of those in November, December? Because if any of those are in November, December, you're pissed. You're like, nah, they could come here. And then you have your preseason meeting with your accountant if you've got games in California, New mm, York, New Jersey. Just cut the check. Just, just cut the check. You know what time it is. Just take it. Playing cut those for free, too? Yeah, well, almost. <laughs> just cut the check. You cut the check. I mean, it ain't, it ain't quite your whatever the game check is, but it's close. So you, when, when, when the Cardinals were playing in the NFC East Oof. and you flip back. Brutal. And you, man, you, it's almost like you got a raise. Oof, brutal. Because what's the old saying? It's not how much you make. It's how much you spend. Or how much you how keep. keep. How much you keep. How much yeah. you keep. Because Philly, somebody was telling me Philly charges, like there's a state tax and there's a city tax. It's like in a Delaware, is t- uh, they, they get, Delaware gets a piece of that somehow, some way. I was like, how the hell Delaware gets some of my money? You we drove the Eagles. You drove through Delaware to get to the stadium. Yeah, so you, you, land, pay. you land there and you get it. <laughs> yeah, same same thing with New England. Delaware you know, airspace. Rhode tax. Island got a little something. They got a little action. When Delaware, you go play the Patriots. Delaware airspace tax or something like yeah, that. I'm like, what the hell does Rhode Island got to do with my, this football game? We play New England Patriots. We ain't play Rhode Island. What the hell? New England, man. They you get know, to, you know, look. Although it was a nice little uh, gentleman's joint in Rhode Island that, you know, some guys just freaking. But that's, <laughs> they that's got a little bit of my money. That, that, that's the story for another day. It's the original 13 colonies tax. You think guys actually pay attention to these now? These, I mean, now you got Vegas as well, Miami, obviously. You know, teams where you don't have nearly as much tax. Is that, is that, is that a real thing in free agency, you think? Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Is it? Yes. I did not go to the Cowboys because of the state tax. Stephen Jones tried to get me to take a lesser, a lesser deal because he was like, well, we don't have state tax, so we're not going to oh, offer okay. you as much. So you didn't buy that argument? I didn't buy that at all. I was like, get out of here with that nonsense. Because, again, we don't, this will, if you have a good accountant, you're not paying it all. You can anyway. do the math, Mike. Right. If, if you ain't got to pay state tax, that is huge. Yeah. That is a pay raise in and of itself. If, if that was the case, Florida ain't got a state, uh, state tax. Jacksonville wouldn't suck for so long if it's that true. was the case. Because everybody, hey. All things being equal, I'd rather be in Jacksonville. Yeah, well, you know, but you still got to play for that team. And look out for Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville may make a little noise. I, you know, I think the whole Trevor Lawrence thing, I think you take year one and you got to throw it away. How bad could it be? I mean, you got to throw it away. You can't possibly. Didn't have ATN either. They're the number one pick. Yeah, back. and you had the disaster of a coach and a, just everything. You take year one for him, you throw it out the window. It's got to be like a breath of fresh air down there now. Yeah. Like, you know, just the, the way. I got peoples down there. My, my man Buck is D-line coach oh, down right. there, and my man Josh Allen, client. Shout out to jo- Josh Allen. Oh, that's going to have a big Allen. deal. Yeah, the other Josh Allen. He's coaching right. quarterbacks now. <laughs> I actually, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> oh, that. Oh, is that right? Air. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that off air. Okay. All right. On the other side, you, uh, you tune in for the good stuff. Yeah. That's uh, Pump the Brakes. There we go. And Dad, Dad jokes. jokes. Coming up next on Training Growth. Yep. Welcome back in Train and Gross. 
Regular listeners know the music. That's right. That's Time for right. some Pump the Brakes action, Sean Crespin. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, this one's pretty simple. Straight to the fa- straight to the point for those of us who've never heard Pump the Brakes. Uh, I'm going to throw out some statements floating around the world of sports, a little pop culture. You tell me if you're pumping the brakes on it mm. or if you're riding with it. Uh, first one, a lot of people talking about this, Luka and Booker, mm. the NBA's next great rivalry. Pump the brakes or not? Uh, I'm not going to pump the brakes. I think both of these guys are young stars. Luka has definitely put himself in a different category with his success in the postseason. The one thing that had eluded him his first couple years was he was unable to get out of the first round. Well, he's been able to get out of the first round and the second round, and now he's playing in a conference final with his rookie head coach. Or not rookie head coach, but new coach to the team in Jason Kidd. And so I look at Luka and, and... you love everything about his game except maybe his defense, but you can you can overlook that because of what he brings on the other side of the ball. He has got the full package. He's got the, the command of the team. He's got the respect of the players around him, and I think he's only going to continue to get better. He's one of those guys that I think players are going to gravitate to him. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about role players, guys that, that can spot up and shoot, they're going to want to play with a Luka Doncic. So he is going to be the guy that the high tide that floats all boats. But a rivalry is only good if you have multiple instances where you're button heads in, in big moments like a playoff series. Oh, absolutely. It's only good if both both sides are having absolutely. some type of success. So yeah. do we see paths in which that's a thing oh, here? Of course. I think so. I of mean, the, the, the Suns, I mean, look, as big of a disappointment as the ending of the season was, the Suns are still in you gotta the You got to take conference. a step back. Yeah. You got to take a step back. Devin's 25, Luca's 23. Yep. Everything you just said, uh, absolutely, I think you could see it coming. It's got to happen, but that's we can't know that today. But I, I could see it happen, and I think it would be great. Yep. And I think the foundation, we talk about a foundation. Mm-hmm. The foundation for a great rivalry was laid. Yep. And again, it, it is that picture that you talked about. Yep. He's pulling on the shorts, standing at the free throw line, staring through Devin Booker. Yeah. Well, and all the all the other moments, right? Well, Booker getting knocked down and kind of faking an injury, and he got up laughing and said, "That's the Luca special." Him smacking the ball out of Luca's hands when yeah, the Suns were it. up. All of it. Luca walking into the back, going, "Everybody's everybody's hard when they're up one game." You know, it, it's it's trending that direction after one series. I understand we need more. Yeah. We need we need yeah. another year or two, yeah. but it's definitely turned in that direction. I, I agree. Okay, no everything we talked about in the first segment. With the Phoenix Suns, the offseason that's ahead of them. Plus, you look at the Western Conference overall, you know, Memphis isn't going away. I mean, there's a handful of teams. I mean, this Golden State team might continue to get better if Clay, as Clay has more time, you know, in his return. Let's not forget about the, the Clippers when they get healthy. Go down the list, right? Yeah. So, the question do you pump the brakes or not? The window for the Phoenix Suns is closed at this point. No, pump the brakes. Pump. It's not closed, but you you better you better bring your you better put your foot in there to stop it. Because you're talking about Chris Paul, where we you know all the things we talked about. It, it, how much is he long for this going forward? Thirty-eight yeah. years old, come playoffs next yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, Da, excuse me, sorry, I'll hold up. DeAndre, hold up. DeAndre Ayton right. on the way out. Yeah. Potentially, I mean, but a lot of change of the over here. It's the rest of the conference yep. that I think is going to get healthy because there was yeah. a lot of guys that were out of the playoffs this year due to health reasons and guys that didn't perform. Damian Litter is another guy, even though he doesn't have C.J. McCollum, who's now in in New Orleans. Now you think about. The New Orleans Pelicans, that's yeah. a team that's going to be up and coming. Are they going to be a team that takes that next step, and do they bring in a free agent or two, and do they get Zion Williamson back, and, and can he integrate himself into that mix and what they've already got? 
I think Willie Green can be that coach that can really get the most out of that team, and they can really make some noise. And, of course, the Memphis Grizzlies, with John Morant healthy and, and the rest of that team healthy and what they were able to do already, they're not scared of anybody. But and they, they are young enough to, to, to not know what they don't know. The question is, is the window closed? And I pumped the brakes, too. It's not closed. No, it's not closed. Is it closing? But, but put, the foot on, put the foot in the door, though. They, yes. missed, a, they missed a golden opportunity. They sure oh. did. One. Oh. But Devin, I go back to what I said before. Devin Booker's only 25. He's the cornerstone of your franchise. Yes, right he is. Now. He's only 25. He's a super max guy. He's a super max guy. He ain't going anywhere. Lots of questions, but it's not closed. Closing, maybe. Did you miss a golden opportunity? You absolutely, absolutely I think did. you're going to look back at that series. You're going to root today. You were, you're up 2-0 last year. You you're going to root today. Yeah. I think that's going to haunt Suns fans for a no, long it's time. It's going to haunt Chris Paul more than it haunts Devin Booker. Because Devin Booker is going to have more cracks at it than Chris yeah, Paul. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Um, this <laughs> Antonio Brown this week, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, said he wants to retire as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Pump the brakes or not, Pittsburgh should just give him the one-day contract. Let him retire as a Steeler. Pump the damn brakes. <laughs> I mean, he look at all the great plays and moments he had as a Steeler. He's yeah, not going to overlook but all, all, the, all the, the knucklehead moments, too. That doesn't outweigh it. You know, doesn't, if we're doing the scale, you know, knucklehead on this side and, you know, great plays on this you side. Couldn't play, you couldn't stay with one of the best run organizations <laughs> in all of sports. <laughs> right. And you think back how amazing Mike Tomlin is if you just add something else to the list. The stuff that he put up with, with this guy. And you didn't hear about it until it became overly – you couldn't hide it because he didn't show up in week 17. Other than that, you didn't hear about it. But think about what this man had to deal with with Antonio Brown. All the only it. stuff that we only saw was, yep. you know, the, the Facebook Live, yep. the throwing the, 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 the cooler on the field, the getting into it with the coaches on the sideline. Those were things that Mike Tomlin couldn't control. Yep. Can you imagine – if he was doing that on game day, can you imagine what he was like yeah. Monday through Saturday right. in the facility? Antonio, really? Yeah. So, so this, you think they're going to let him come back and sign a one-day contract to represent that organization? I was just, I was just asking the question. So the most recent <laughs> – yes, I agree. I knew I was going to get this response. I'm pumping the brakes, too. Okay. Uh, and the most recent quote from Mike Tomlin on Antonio Brown was a couple years ago, yeah. but I think it's still appropriate. We have no current business interest. Next question. The better one was, we want volunteers, not hostages. Yes. That's one of the best lines I've ever heard. And I think Mike Tomlin summed that up perfectly when he talked about Antonio Brown, as well as some other guys. It yeah. wasn't just Antonio right. Brown. He's used it a few times, but that is an all-time yeah. one-liner. He, I can't even remember. I wish I remembered the context in which he gave the response, but somebody asked Mike Tomlin a question at a, at a press conference, and he literally just responded by saying, we do not care. <laughs> and that flies. That's all over the Internet now, used as memes. Uh, and that's what I saw mostly posted under Short and to under the point. AB. I mean, that's what you love about Mike yeah. Tom. But that's Pittsburgh. They are simple to the point. They are direct. They are straightforward. Yep. And if you're Antonio Brown and you can't make it there, where the hell you think you're going to make it? And you think they really are going to want you back after everything that you put them through? Not even, the, not even the one day? No. And you think about the one day when that happens. That's that's something. I was going to ask what your guys' thoughts are that, on the one day. I mean, I get it. I understand it. But you earn that. Yes. You earn that yeah. to be able to come back to a franchise and say, hey, I know I did this and left and did whatever, but it was a mutual thing, whatever. When I was here, I represented well. It was well. a business decision. Yeah, it was a business decision. But I, when I was here, I represented well. I consider myself to be a Steeler forever for or a mm -hmm. Cardinal for life or whatever team you're talking about. Yep. This is not 
Antonio Brown fits none of that. Nope. Yeah. Perfect nope. example was uh, James Harrison. Even when James Harrison left under the way that he left and gone and went to the New England Patriots, right? He still had a better case because it wasn't about the drama of it. It was the business aspect of it that made him leave. They didn't think that he was worth the money, so he went to the rival because they knew what his value was. And even he was able to get a, a one-day contract and retire a Steeler. Antonio Brown ain't getting a one-day contract. He put it out there, you know. And Antonio Brown put it out yeah, there I'm in the sure, universe. I'm sure. Yeah, I'd like to have an extra million dollars from my franchise too. How about that? Let's see <laughs> right. how that works out. Uh, number four here. Um, there's expectations now. You you touched on it, Deshaun Watson. They're wrapping up the in, the interview with the league. Mm-hmm. There are expectations that he's at least going to miss a couple of games this year, right? So Ian Rappaport is suggesting that Baker could start week one for the Browns. Pump the brakes or not on that even being a possibility. Pump the brakes. That's such a bad idea. You talk about a guy that is not going to want to be there. Can you imagine Baker Mayfield all of training camp in Cleveland? A guy that he knows he's supposed to be a number one quarterback somewhere, but he's stuck behind a guy that they gave a record guaranteed money contract to. They've told you in every single way they don't want you, and yet they hold on to you because you can help them. That's not a recipe for goodwill and and a guy that's going to keep the peace. Baker Mayfield's already that kind of guy. He's a little fiery, so I don't see that going well at all. Gross? No. It can't. It can't happen. See, listen, I kind of see it in a different way. So the the Cleveland Browns can do it. They can make him stay. Yeah, no, they he's can't. Under contract. But if you're Baker Mayfield, you have to know what your market is right now. Your market ain't nothing, or you wouldn't be there right now. Because let's not forget, if I trade for a Baker Mayfield, the majority of that money is being paid to him by the Cleveland Browns. Already. It is not. It is if I trade and bring and Baker Mayfield to my team. It is a very, very minimal risk, and nobody has has made that move yet. Nobody has gone option, out of their the, way the, to go the, get him. The fifth-year option, the, the team would be on the hook. That They're waiting for him to be released. So I'm looking at it as Baker Mayfield, your future, if you have an opportunity, let's say the Browns do say, hey, let's try to mend this for, for a month. You go out there and you ball out. No. Prove to me why no. I need to come even take a flyer on no. you. The only way, and I'm not saying it would happen, but the only way this even is something that you entertain if you're the Browns is if the suspension Lengthy. is Lengthy. a full year. Yeah, you're Lengthy. talking or six to eight. That's too much. You're not overcoming that. You're not overcoming six to eight. Okay, so what, Okay, so say it's six games Okay. and you keep Baker Mayfield. What are you going to do seven week seven through 17? Trade him. Or 18. You trade him. Who is going to take Baker Mayfield now? If he balled out, you trade him. If he You're doesn't, still going to be on the hook for the majority of that money. You are anyway, aren't you? No, I'm saying. Come June 1, right? No, if you are, the, the Cleveland Browns are on the hook right now yes. for that 18 or $19 million. Yeah, the fifth-year option. Whatever. Right. The teams that trade for him would have to take that on. They'd have to eat that. They don't want to do that for Baker Mayfield. They don't want to have to pay him $18 million to be a, a, a gap a, a gap stop for whoever they want next year. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Why would you let the Browns off the hook yeah. for their mistake? It's such an it's such an interesting situation. It's something we've never we've never seen a situation like this with starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. Well, it's got it's that, so unique. You've got that one, which has got a component that we've talked about, and then yep. you've got San Francisco still. Right, Jimmy out G. There. There's other other people right now are are uh, suggesting from the Bay Area that as soon as he's clear, clear to play, 
uh, if a trade doesn't materialize, he will ask the 49ers for an outright release. Like, he's not going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers in any capacity listen, next year. Listen, they would not have kept him around if they thought I that agree. Trey Lance was that guy. I agree. Cut him loose with an injury settlement and go. Yep. Listen, that <laughs> there is some nervousness going on that you – in so many ways, they're kind of letting you know by the fact that Jimmy G is still yep. on the roster that, wait a minute now, we're not as, as solidified as we thought we were. You're talking about a guy that has gotten you to two NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. You're just going to let that guy walk out of the door and not know what you got in a rookie quarterback that hadn't really had a lot of reps and what we saw him do against the Cardinals? Mm -hmm. It wasn't great. He's one deep ball away from winning a Super Bowl. One. That's what I'm saying. If, if he completes that ball, and yep. to me, Mike Shan or Kyle Shanahan was done the minute he let that ball go out of his hands. Because you saw him he running dialed down. it up. He knew he yep. had them right where he wanted, and he blew that ball. Bang. He blew it. Yeah, I agree. Baker Mayfield conversation just spiraled into a 49er conversation. All right, real quick so we can get the dad jokes. Um, wedding season oh. is, is upon us, Woo. right? So here is a list. Uh, from a poll of the seven worst things you can do in a best man speech. Oh. I want to know if any of these happened at either of yours because <coughs> still dodge that bullet. Yeah. Um, number one, bringing up the groom's exes even for a great joke or anecdote. No. That happened at either one of yours? No. No? Have you guys ever been a best man and had to do the speech yourself? Yes. Yep. Did you do that? No. no. Okay, good for you. Focusing too much on yourself? No. No. It's not about you, right? All right, good. Not mentioning the bride enough, or at all. <laughs> He's focused on your boy. It's not really. It's not really his job to talk about it. It's not. Up. Yeah, right. Best man. Best man. Talking about my man. Talking about the man. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, lucky she, gets to have every, him. She, she gets the rest of the day. He can get five minutes. Yeah. So number four, deciding not to prep a speech and just winging it. So mm. I've I've been the best man too, and I did that. You winged it. Was it was my brother, and so it was easy. But. You guys, did you have it written out? No, I never read anything out. No. I never read out a speech. I like that. I didn't have nothing written See? out. See? Absolutely. I don't know how good it was either, but. I, I'm, I'm better when I freestyle. I'm sorry. Taking too long is another one. Telling an unflattering story about the groom he probably never wants his family to know about. That's yeah. probably not a good idea. That's horrible. Remember that yeah. one but time? You know, but you know what the worst thing that, that's not on that list, and it may be somewhere down further, but it should be number one? Confessing your love to the actual bride. Whoa. <laughs> As the best man? That's happened. Stop it. Yeah, that's Whoa. happened. During the speech. During the speech. So, Whoa. okay, hang on a second. There's a lot wrong. Hang on, I'm going to hit one of these. Hold up. Because Wait. tell me what, what wedding you haven't, you've been to where you didn't have an opportunity to do that before it was actually a done deal, right? Nine times out of ten, you're going to get, if anybody here has any reason why these two should not be joined in no, marriage. No, you don't do that. You I love do that. You do it there. You don't no, do it at the speech. No, you don't do that. You know how much money goes into those weddings? And to not have that f finished off like that? Well, what's going to happen once you do it at the speech? Well, I tell you what. The guy actually got the girl. They wound up. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, saw it, on, saw it online. I'm finding this one. Yeah. Uh, the last one is drinking too much before your speech. You guys yeah. do a little boozing before you do the speech. I, no. I, I have it. I was fine. I mean, I, 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 did, I, I did a drink. <laughs> I didn't do multiple drinks. But, I was fine. You know. Yeah. I nailed it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I could go off the top the of the The old school style? Yeah. I old, nailed it. Uh, old school? Give yeah. me a beat. Yeah. I nailed it. I need a beat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's right. today's Pump the Brakes. Here we go. So, let me flip pages here for our sound effects. 
It is that time. It is time for mm. B-Train's Dad Joke of the Week. Mm. If you're new to the program, no matter what, he's going to get one of these. <laughs> now, it may land and be a solid dad joke. Mm. It may be above and beyond, and we're all going to tell our friends, if that's the case, he gets one of these. There's also that chance where it just does not land. It has happened before. we got to hit him with one of those. By the way, I need to hit myself with one of those because uh, everybody here in Arizona, if you're listening to the show here, knows that the US-60 is closed, and I decided to take the US-60 to get here at train station and I cost us uh, 40 minutes of time. Yeah, been closed for like 10, 12 days. It thanks. has been, yeah. yeah. So it's late. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, B-Train, take it away. All right, here we go, fellas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> where do rainbows go when they're bad? Where do they go, B-Train? Where? They go to prison. It's a light sentence. Ah, I like it. <laughs> I hit the button too soon. He was about ready to hit you until you dropped in that last. I was like, they go to prison. Okay. All right. Prism. Prism. I got it. I got it. Prism. I got it. Prism. I know. Which is why you damn near got the green button. (laughs) Until he came with the last line. I get it. I get it, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next week, we're taking the show to the Bahamas. Let's do it. Hey, let's do it. Um, I'm doing the dolphin. I'm swimming with the dolphins, though. Going to the Bahamas, and to which uh, I'm doing that too. I'm, I, I, are, we, are we staying in Atlantis? Wherever. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> but you know you're gonna hear that from from Karen, though. You know? I'm okay. I just find it funny how. I just find it, but we never oh, go. Yeah. Find it funny how I always want yeah. to go. But to when your friends ask, oh, when your friends ask, it's not. I mean, Bertrand and listen, Sean. Yeah. to all those all those fellas out there that are listening right there. When the when the when the when the girl says, "I find it funny out," just run. Don't, or if don't. the arms get folded and the foot starts to tap. No, 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 no. I trouble. just find it funny how or fine. I'm just okay. run. I'm just okay. run. I'm okay. Yeah, just run. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Train and Grow. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe on YouTube. We'll see you next time. <laughs> we'll holler.